0: Before I get into this week's uh, interesting topic small cap value funds and ETFs, I'd like to respond quickly to a question I had about a recent uh, podcast regarding Mark Hulbert's financial uh, digest. Uh, and uh, Mark's newsletter uh, was basically a tracking service for all almost all of the major, uh, newsletters, financial newsletters, everything from uh, newsletters that specialized in buyback companies, in closed-end companies, in Vanguard recommendations, Fidelity sector funds. I, I think there were some a uh, hundred, almost two hundred uh, uh, portfolios that he was tracking. But the question was, as I had announced that the newsletter service had been discontinued, the question was, why? Was it because he was Mark was tired after 30 years? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, was it from bullying from Wall Street? No, I don't think so. I know that the MarketWatch site has been making a number of changes Uh, over the last six months. And uh, if I had to uh, generalize about those changes, they would be about cutting expenses. And uh, I suspect the bottom line is that uh, Mark's newsletter just wasn't getting the subscriptions that justified all the expenses of tracking those hundreds of newsletters. It is interesting when you look at what Mark said in his in his parting article although he continues to write at MarketWatch but he he did note that what really made good sense was simply investing in index funds course, he didn't say, follow what Paul Merriman has to stay, say, or or uh, the Vanguard independent uh, uh, newsletter, uh, Dan Wiener's uh, publication. Uh, there are a couple of others that specialized in Vanguard. Uh, certainly, Sound Mind Investing had some very fine Uh, Vanguard portfolios. But the bottom line is that uh, Mark determined on his own after having tracked newsletters for 30 years that the fact uh, actually 36 years uh, that the fact is historically indexes are likely to do better than any of these newsletters that he was tracking. An interesting conclusion for Mark. Anyway, uh, Today's, this week's topic, all about small cap value. And I've had so many emails from young investors, this one's a little longer than some, but let me, let me share this with you and, uh, and, 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 and see what kind of recommendation I can make to young people in terms of their commitment to small cap value. He says, Paul, thank you for all your work. You have transformed my investing life. Boy, does that feel good. I feel I have a good grasp on risk, volatility, factors, etc., and am contemplating putting 100% of my investments into small cap value. I am 32 years old. Boy, am I jealous. And save about 30% of my take-home pay income. That is a wow. I have enough invested already that I could just let it ride at a 5% real growth rate. Real, I assume, means after inflation. And should be fine to retire in about 30 years. And then in parentheses, thanks to you. Uh, However, I feel that I am capable of withstanding more volatility as I won't be touching this money for so long and have time to recover from a down market. Vanguard's small cap value ETF holds nearly a 1,000 companies, though the risk of absolute 100% permanent loss is essentially zero. I figure if I invest half in U.S. small cap value and half in international small cap value, I will be maximizing my projected return while still not having much more risk than a more diversified portfolio containing large companies. And then in parens, although I would have more volatility, I would have negligible chance of total loss. My concern is not whether I beat the S&P 500 over any particular period. Rather, it is what do I think will perform the best over the next 30 years and all the historical data points to small cap value even those even though these so-called small companies have an average net worth of around 2 billion dollars according to Morningstar holding thousands of billion dollar companies does not seem all that risky to me what are your thoughts knowing what you know today if you were 32 years old would you throw everything in small cap value and not touch it until you're in your 50s or 60s, or would you stay diversified across small, large, growth, value, etc. Even if I were to underperform a diversified portfolio, wouldn't you think that over 20 to 30 years it would not be by much? And if I only need a 5% real return, parens, less actually considering I'm still contributing to accounts. As long as small cap value beats 5% compound rate of growth over time period, I should be okay. But hopefully we'll be far better than okay being this aggressive. Thanks, and he signs his name. What a wonderful question. What would I do if I had to do it all over again. And I always have to remind myself when I start thinking that way that there's no risk in the past. I know exactly what I should have done. And actually, this gentleman, young gentleman, is, is on to something. There is a possibility that small cap value will underperform over a 30 year period. And the reason I know that is because from 1970 through about 2000, the small-cap blend, now this is small-cap blend, not small-cap value, did in fact underperform the the, uh, S&P 500, but only by about three-tenths of 1%. So one got 12.3, the other one got 12 or something like that. But the bottom line is, yes, you could underperform, and no, you probably wouldn't underperform by a lot. I think this young fellow is right on. We're talking about hundreds of different companies. In fact, by the time he puts together a portfolio of of U.S. small-cap value and international small-cap value, uh, and, and by the way, you could even throw in a slice of emerging markets value. I don't have a small cap value available, but there there is uh, access to a, a small cap emerging markets value. But the odds are that, at, at least looking backwards, looking backwards, that you would do just fine. Of course, the big risk Uh, If you talk about investing the whole thing in small cap value, whether it's a combination of U.S. and international or only U.S., the big risk is that you have some great years and you and you dis, you know do amazingly well decide you have plenty to cash it all in and so you continue to when I say cash it in I mean retire by the way but you you continue to hold that small cap value and you retire and then it goes down 50%. That's all possible. So probably the huge moment of truth for somebody who overweights their portfolio to this asset class will be at the point that they retire. Do they then take that high risk out of the portfolio by putting half of the money, for example, into fixed income as I have done in my own portfolio? uh, Or would you stay the course and continue to own small cap value for the rest of your life? Uh, it's a gutsy thing to do, particularly when you don't have to do it. I can relate to this because I've talked to a lot of people who are within five years of retirement, and they have plenty of money. They don't need to have any more money than they have right now. But they continue to invest what I would call aggressively, probably all or mostly equities, when maybe because they have enough, they should be they should be building a portfolio that is built as if they are uh, in fact uh, retired, uh, because they could, and that's an important fork in the road for people. Do you take the high risk out of the portfolio uh, when you have uh, reached the uh, the need that you're going to have and in a sense this this 32-year-old fellow here he's in exactly that position because he says that he could just let it ride at a 5% real growth that would probably suggest an 8% nominal growth and he wouldn't have to not only wouldn't have to be all small cap value to get that he probably could be partly in fixed income so it's a huge decision. Now here's here's what we know, and I've written lots about this before, and that is if if we look at long periods of time now there are 38 50-year periods in one article uh, that I wrote. Uh, let's see if I have the name of that article. Uh, I don't see it right now. I'll try to get it before I get done here. But in this particular article i reported that 38 uh, 58 year 50 year periods that started in 1928 not once did the s&p 500 uh, outperform small cap value and in fact it didn't outperform large cap value nor did it outperform small cap blend so whatever position one has outside of the s&p 500 is at least historically, based on history, likely to do better than the S&P 500, then it becomes a question of by how much. And we can see that the uh, large cap value on average produced 13.5%. Now that doesn't include the management fees. That's the raw index. If we looked at um, at the worst 50 years, it was 8.8% for large cap value. Uh, The S&P 500 had a worst 50-year return of 7.7. Small cap blend, 13.8 average, three-tenths of 1% more than the large cap value. Now, that's interesting because the... uh, The the additional risk of a small-cap blend portfolio is substantial compared to large-cap value, uh, and yet the additional return was not great. Now, why? Well, I think you're going to figure this out. If we looked at small-cap value, and remember, small-cap blend is a combination of some large-cap growth and some large-cap value. More growth than value. So, if you have a small cap blend with a lot of growth and growth doesn't do well as value, then you're going to produce a lower return. As it turned out, a pure small cap value return on average over all those 50 year periods was 16.3%, which means that growth produced less uh, by far uh, than value, probably by about 5% a year. So if you're going to take on small cap, cap, you're certainly historically smarter to take on small cap value since the premium is so much greater uh, than the premium for small cap growth. Now, then you have mentioned including the international. Well, we've looked at that in the past as well, and it turns out that the uh, international indexes uh, have, in fact, and they don't go back as far as the as the U.S. indexes, but as we go back to a period in time where we can track them, then if we looked, for example, at the international small-cap value uh, during a 33-year period, it was 14.3% uh compared with 11.8% for the S&P 500 now the small cap US value uh did better had a higher return than the international small cap value um but well, you can have long periods as we saw between small cap blend and the S&P 500 uh when these indexes will perform considerably differently than expected. Do you have to go to the international? No. Is it smart to go to the international? Probably yes, only in that you have then broadened your diversification. And i got to keep remembering what those academics say. That is, you should never put more than half of your money in any one country. Now uh, that's a hard thing to believe about the U.S. Just as it was a hard thing to believe uh, back in the in the '80s that uh, that Japan people in Japan should diversify uh, outside of Japan. So uh, those that did, by the way, are sitting pretty compared to those that just held Japan, the country that they trusted. Now. That all-small-cap value does seem very aggressive. And my old friends in the investment advisory business, uh, the ones that I still talk to from time to time down at the Merriman Company, they just go nuts when they hear me telling young people like this young guy who's, what did I say, 32 years old. They go nuts because they say, look, Paul, I can hear him right now. Look Paul this kid is 32 years old he is a great saver he is going to go going to probably highly probable have a huge amount of money even if he doesn't have all of his money in small cap value so Why don't you dial it back? Why don't you encourage him to split that maybe between large-cap value and small-cap value? You might even do the same thing internationally, large-cap value and small-cap value. Maybe then there's that slice of the emerging market value. And at some point, even if you stay all value like that, which is going to be a lot more diversification, Maybe at some point in his uh, investing career, he needs to start adding the fixed income. Now, I find this an interesting idea. And one of my goals in the next few months is to be able to show you the return of an all value portfolio. Now, I should make this clear you're never going to get an all value portfolio. Even if I wanted you to get an all-value portfolio, I can't find anywhere I can deliver an all-value portfolio because virtually all of these stocks that call themselves small-cap value have percentages in what we'll call blend, small blend, and some small growth. Maybe not a lot, but enough that I can't say it's purely small-cap value but that we will look at the implications of this combination of large and small value, U S international slice of emerging markets. We'll look at that and we'll look at that when you add fixed income to it. And then we'll look at that. If you added fixed income and you retired and you started taking money out because and this is my bias because it's what I'm doing. It's hard for me to tell you to do something that's wildly different than I'm doing because I find peace of mind doing what I'm doing for myself. And that is to have a balance of of fixed income along with the equity. And I think the charities and children will get more than, well, they never get more than they need, but they'll get plenty and to be able to take care of my wife and myself uh, in our retirement. So look forward to a fine tuning table, an ultimate buy and hold strategy value only. And I'm even going to redo the distribution tables so you could see the implications of a basically, theoretically, an all-value portfolio for the equity exposure. Well, I hope that helps this young fellow who's uh, found my information helpful. Uh, that's a great feeling for me. Now all I can hope. Since I have absolutely no control over what the market does next, my hope is this young person uh, that the market will reward this young person for the risk that he is taking. So I hope that helps. And uh, as I say, stay tuned for those tables. Those of you who like lots of numbers, I think you'll have more than a little fun with these studies. Thanks for listening.